Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So we can continue to use the body as the anchor for our attention. So a place to rest the attention when there's not something else predominant that's going on. A primary place for developing our awareness. So to begin with then, it can be helpful to tune in to the whole body sitting here. And we can feel the sense of the pressure and contact with the ground. Can recognize that as a groundedness. Can feel yourself held by the earth. So in some way, no matter what it is that moves through the body, the mind, the earth is supporting you. can remind yourself of that, feel that contact with the ground. You can allow any energies to flow through you into the ground. Allow the ground to support you, this earth. can imagine even a deep rootedness to the ground. So like trees have roots. You can feel the connection. A depth of support. from this earth that we're a part of. We can try to relax any unnecessary tension then of holding. Maybe on out breath, gently relax any muscles in the face the jaw, the eyes, the neck. And an out breath, gently relax the shoulders, the chest. And even any inner parts that might be unnecessarily holding tension.
to feeling the body breathing, feeling the body sitting. I just, this is enough. As we've reviewed the thoughts and emotions, you can allow those to just come and go. But if one becomes prevalent or apparent, you could note that. You could be with the movement of energy, of emotion, as you feel it in the heart, in the belly, anywhere in the body sense in the mind. (coughs) And then just simply resting with the body sitting, body breathing. We don't need to go looking for things. Just resting in awareness and observing the unfolding of that which is showing up in this moment. in sound, in the body, in the mind, and heart.
Sometimes you might feel some tension in the body, in the mind. It's not clearly clear what it's about. You can just feel into that with direct experience of awareness. So sometimes there's a version of aversion that shows up as resistance to experience. A resistance to an experience of the body, resistance to emotion or experience of the mind. Sometimes it's been going on for quite some time before we catch on. Can be felt as a sense of solidity or holding. So if you find this, you can just note that as resistance. Try to just be present with that in a very gentle and kind way. We don't need to try to knock it down or dig up the cause. Just be with it with as much compassion, spaciousness as you can. This is how it is now. And you can see if it changes, if it moves. But try to be with it with the kind attention. We're not being with it in order to make it change or move. The gentle curiosity and a sense of love.
So as we've taken birth in another day of practice, the retreat, do you have any questions about your practice? And uh, those who were in, uh, those who were not in groups yesterday, uh, will be in small groups today. So we'll have an opportunity to ask questions there also. And we have some uh, more special guest stars from the buried Dharma All Stars. Uh, so you might be in a group with me, or with Chaz, or with Annie Nugent, uh, who is a teacher of the three month retreat and a teacher at the Forest Refuge. So very uh, appreciative of that. Or with uh, Joseph Goldstein, who is the founder of this center, also taught the three month retreat for 40 some years and is being dragged out of retirement to. Uh, <laughs> Help, help us uh, here. So, so yeah, maybe preference for questions from people who don't have a group today, but uh, yeah. Okay. I actually think I do have a group today, but just a quick practical question. I didn't notice groups on the schedule board. Uh, they should be out there by now. So when you leave here, if, you're, uh, if you didn't have a group yesterday, then yeah, please check that board. And I'll try to let you out a little early so there's no giant rush into the board. Yeah. Thank you. So I think you were you were pretty close in in the in that synopsis, um, but not quite. So that the the ending of suffering comes through the acceptance of suffering. Um, the ending of suffering suffering just if we want to play with this this phrase the ending of suffering comes with the acceptance of dukkha. I wouldn't just. Um, use its suffering translation at, at, at this point. I would use its on um, I'll think of it. <clears throat> no. <laughs> that one. It can't it can't give you what you're looking for, that one. <laughs> Whatever that word is. So if we accept that things can't give us what we're looking for, that's where, that's where the leaning forward, that's where the samsara stops. Because if we, if, if we think that things can give us what, and, and this is a view, right? And, and, unless it's seen and really looked at, it's just, we don't even know it's there. It's, it's, it's called a view. Um, if we have the view that things can give us what we're looking for, then we'll just keep trying. But they can't. But we'll keep trying. And then they can't. That's called suffering. <laughs> and that's called samsara, the endlessness of doing that. And so the stopping of 
not of doing that. The stopping of see, that will happen naturally if we can see dukkha clearly, or to the degree that we see it clearly, that it's, it's, it's unreliable. Things just by nature are that way. It's okay. It's not bad. doesn't mean like when that view comes into view clearly, like all of a sudden the world changes. It's like, oh, okay. I can give a, a quick example. I was sitting some while back, just just sitting there. It was, I think it was with a sitting group. And, you know, things were settled. It was kind of sweet and nice. The breath was kind of nice. And it's like, ah. And then someone coughed. So, so, it, and, 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 that, and that kind of stillness just kind of, you know, it got shattered. And it was like, oh, that's unreliable. Oh, that, that's just subject to change. It's up, I, and I can't control that which is going to come in and just pff, make it go away. And it was just like, oh, that's just how it is. And when we see that's how it is, that's then the suffering stops because then we stop clinging to to that which we think is going to do it for us. So, yes, but I wouldn't use the word suffering for, you know, when, when we accept suffering. It's, I would say more when we accept the unreliability of things to give us what we're looking for. So talking about uh, the question about uh, looking for a location for thoughts and recognizing the spatial location of other aspects and uh, does that searching for the location also need to be let go of? I'd say even that quest for location is interesting to observe and as you're saying, it's kind of like a habit of mind, like it's a habit of... uh, seeking that. And even with the sense of the body, right, like, so there's a sense of uh, meanness or, you know, I, that uh, even in the observations that you had can be investigated, right? Like the sense of a me up here, right? Like sort of in the head that's looking down or that's feeling like me, my breath here, or the me lives behind the eyes and stuff like that, you know. So, um I guess with all of that, we can sort of investigate how space gets constructed, if you will. 
So you remember I was talking about the six sense experiences that we have? Yeah. So even when you're walking, which seems like the most obvious sort of non-esoteric uh, spatial experience, it actually is a conglomeration, you could say. It's kind of an overlay of there's an experience of sight, and then there's an experience of sensation, physical sensation, right? And then sometimes there's an experience of sound also. And kind of with that stuff laid on each other, there's this illusion or idea that there is existing space and location. And like in some ways, uh, you know, with virtual reality goggles or something, it uh, simulates that for us. But actually the whole world in some way could be taken to be a simulation uh, of overlaying of these experiences. So even you know, the idea, like, where's there a me to look for? Like, there's a me, oftentimes we think in the head. And, and sometimes, for example, with walking practice, um, people feel like, well, it's really easy to get caught in thinking because the feet are, like, all the way down there, right? <laughs> They're, like, five or six feet away. And, uh, you know, the me is up here observing. And then it has to go all the way down. So it, that, too, is an illusion, right? So is... Awareness in the body is the body in awareness, neither, both. Uh, you know, like what if you is located in your big toe, your right big toe, that's you, you know. It's like what if that, so as soon as I say that, you could feel your right big toe, right? You could feel with awareness that, and so then uh, we could create an idea or a construct that um, that's the seat of consciousness or something like that. Um, I'm just playing with it a little bit, right, to... to uh, investigate that uh, whole phenomenon. So yeah, the where does thoughts lie? In some ways then the question doesn't uh, necessarily hold in the same way if location itself is an illusion, um, just as time is in some ways. The creation of time also is a construct. So that being said, you can in some moments feel sensations, right? Uh, in different ways, and seemingly in different places, right? But the concept uh, is an overlay. Like even the concept of like my lungs or my chest, there is some sensation, and then uh, there is a, a visual or a sense, you know. Uh, so, you know, we're sort of like unpeeling concepts that we usually have. But I think the, the question is good, and so to explore it with awareness is good too, uh, one caution, though, is that thoughts are very quick and slippery, right? So it uh, can be hard to catch them in some way, you know. Uh, sometimes the awareness and the concentration is there that we can notice their arising, or sometimes it's possible to even notice the beginning blip of thought, right? And then we have sometimes even a physical sense of that, an experiential sort of sensation of that. But don't strain to feel that in some ways, you know. So just stay curious and open, but uh, the way to be able to see that isn't like kind of by gripping down on it or, or bearing down. Um, so your, your exploration is good, yeah. Thank you. So maybe we could stop there. Um, yeah, with the walking meditation, one thing you could play with, if you have had that sense of me residing up here, is in the beginning of your walking path, uh, put awareness or consciousness in an imaginary elevator 
and uh, like push the button, have it go down. So actually have it start lower, right? Like have it start down in the legs, in the feet, uh, or uh, here, even in the belly, right? And then see, then it has to go all the way back up there to get involved with thinking again, right? In concept (laughs) in some way. So start with it down lower and move around. And you can even play with, you know, as you move around the center, as you go to the walking place or walking to the bathroom, you know, what's it like if we live with awareness, not seemingly, you know, in the eyes, like we have usually an investment in the visual sense, so we feel like it's here, but what if we had awareness centered in the heart or centered in the belly? Like what would it be like to live even a whole day as an experiment, you know, like what's it like to live with awareness coming from here in some way? And what would be available, what's to be known that otherwise is not known? So if you like to uh, play with that, welcome to. Uh, continue the encouragement for washing hands and using hand sanitizer, <laughs> coughing into your elbows. Um, I know there are a lot of people with colds and things. If you feel like your cold has taken a turn towards the flu, which means that you have chills and fever uh, and really wiped out, then please go to the office and uh, it's possible they could help you get something that will support you and also we can sort of quarantine your germs a little bit more. So. <laughs> So another uh, good day of practice today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.